Welcome to Living Within the Sweet Spot with your host, Nikki Klegel. Have you been searching for that something within you? The one thing that is designed to bring abundance into your life? Are you not finding it yet? By partnering with God, you are sure to discover the key to living a happier and more fulfilling life. Now, here is Nikki Klegel. Hello, everyone. Yes, this is Nikki Klegel with Fulfill Your Legacy. I am so happy that you're here today listening to Living Life Within the Sweet Spot. Hey, I am an author, a coach, and a speaker. I'm also the founder of, like I said, Fulfill Your Legacy, where I help people really partner their life with God so they can clarify and really get to what their God-given life purpose is. I want them to tap into the Trinity and all there is when you do that. I also want people to know that they should believe and hope for the impossible because with man, it isn't, it isn't possible, but with God, everything is possible. And so that's what my love life coaching is about. That's what makes me a little bit different. You know, there are a lot of life coaches out there, but I really want you to use the almighty. Okay, so let's go ahead and let's tap into that a little bit more. We're going to share with you just how the show is going to go today. So people that are new to listening will get how this all works. There's three parts to the show. The first part is really where we just go over a section of my book. And the section we're going over today is on choices and making wise choices. And I brought some people in that are going to be in the middle part of our talk show. So Dan and Joanne. Miller are going to be here, and they, in my opinion, are experts, Joanne, kind of for the home and for families and relationships. And Dan has this awesome program that I'll tell you more about, 48 Days. We'll get into it more in a minute, but their um, mission is very much in line with this section. And so I just hoped and prayed that they would come on during this part, and they did. They're busy people, New York best-selling author, things like this, I mean, but but they want to be here and they want to serve you guys. So stay tuned and, and stay in touch until that middle section. So now the last part of the show is always for call-ins. And so people can either email in and we are at 47 emails. So honestly, it's hard to pick which ones to go with. But I'm going to tell you, call-ins get first priority. And they told me it might be six months or so before people get gutsy enough to call in. But please just call in. I will go ahead and take your call and John and or Dan and Joanne are staying on for the call in so I think that's really great and we can use them so let's do that otherwise I've got two awesome emails picked out all right so let's go ahead and get started this uh, chapter in the book was like my shortest chapter in all of my book right isn't that weird that what I think is one of the most important parts of our life, really, making wise choices and really tapping into God when we're making those choices, got four pages. But the reason why is because I don't think we need to mix it up. I think we need to keep it simple. I think we need to get to the truth and look to the wisest person for guidance on making wise choices. And, and that's getting to the Bible. So the way my sections of my books are broke up, those of you who are new, there's six parts to my book, and in each part, so in Wise Choices Works part of the book, there's four chapters. We always look at what the problems are if um, related to the topic. So what are some problems when we are making choices? Well, if we're following what the world tells us, 
or for following what past programs tell us about, you know, how equipped we are to make a decision, how talented we are at this. Um, You should be paying attention to these things instead of these things. If we look at what the world says, we know we're in for some trouble, right? But if we look to what God says, that's a whole different thing. Okay, so last week we did the What's the problem? That's what we were really getting into. And it was a good, good time. Go back and listen if you want. This week, though, is now where we go to what the word says. So you have the problem, the word. Next week, we're going to be talking about what the gift is, if you follow the word. And the last chapter of this part is, um, you know, your choice, your free will. So it's always the problem, the word, the gift, and the choice, your free will. We are in the word. So let's get started. So first of all, I just want to highlight how it is that this chapter came to be. So I was coaching maybe three to six months is all. And I was coaching as a life coach. And this was right before my transition moved into I think I need to be a faith-based life coach. This is where the clarity and the purpose of my call started to become more real. But as I was coaching, this gal kept saying to me, hey, what would you do? Well, what would you do? And she kept wanting me to give her. I thought, yeah, I have all kinds of ideas, but I was biting my tongue not to tell her what to do, right? Because when you're coaching somebody, you don't want to just dictate. You want to bring them along with. You want them to um, really look inward and recognize what they need to do and help them with that clarity. So I had to bite my tongue. And and constantly, through the whole thing, she kept doing this. And through the whole coaching call, I kept directing her back to the wisdom that's written right in the word. So I thought, okay, if I'm going to not budge and I'm not going to tell her what to do, why do I not just tell her what the word says to do? And that was the moment, that was the day when my coaching really changed. And that's where I really started to adopt a God-partnered way of living and started working with my, pa- my patients. I'm a nurse, <laughs> working with my clients that way. So, Carrie, thank you very much for that. And then um, I want us to, little, to do a little thinking about last time and the problem was we really were recognizing that fear was holding us back from moving forward in our call. Maybe self-doubt was holding us back. Maybe past programs. I'm looking at our guests. Um, There's tiny little boxes. You can't really see it right now, but I can see them. And when I think of like past programs, I know Joanne's going to share a really good story with us about her book and how her past really propelled her into what this this book is that she'll highlight. Um, Dan, we know that his whole thing is on finding life purpose that is designed for you. And that's what we're going to get into. So not listening to the fear, not listening to the doubt, um, not getting hum- hung up on our past mistakes. All these things are important. So when we look at the word and how those things re- address and, and how the word can help us, I think this is cool. I like to to work with my people and you guys listening in the audience today. I want you guys to really think of, you know, don't you sometimes think, okay, it's not that I don't know. I don't, I don't want to improve. I don't want to find my calling. I don't want to be in a job that's good. It's like I don't know how to. That's the hang up is our desires there, but we don't know what steps to take next. So what if... Sometimes we copy people, right? Sometimes we can latch onto someone else who's doing it really good. And you think, okay, that, that's a good idea. I'm going to go for that. I'm going to be, I'm going to do that. But that's not really designed to who you are. And so we just have to really kind of figure out, 
if we had the best teacher and the best coach and the best whatever that knew us specifically, we do. We do have that. Each and every one of us have that. What if God was your teacher? The man who is omniscient, so the man who knows everything, the man who's omnipotent, who has all the power in the world, he's your teacher. And the man who's always present, omnipresent, that is your teacher. What if? What if the Holy Spirit was your guide? So you had God as your teacher and you had the Holy Spirit as your guide, literally breathing and whispering to you throughout your days, nudging you this way, nudging you that way. And then what if we had Jesus as our safety net so we could fearlessly go forward and we could just trust that, you know what, they're going to work it out. Even as I have some mishaps, if I'm partnered with this Trinity, if I'm really using it into its fullest, I can fall. I can fall and I'll be picked up. I won't stumble. I can fall and I won't really completely stumble. I can be raised to a new place. All these things are what I want for you. So there's this four-step process in my book, I'm going to tell you that the reason I don't do a lot of when I write my books, okay, I have four books, right? I'm, I'm, I've got pieces on all of them. I'm working on my second one, but I try not to do a whole lot of research from other people because I'm afraid it's going to get me off on what I'm thinking and feeling like God's nudging me to do. But I could use this podcast from Dan and Joanne. They did it together. It was on why, making wise decisions. This is why I asked them to be on my show. I knew I wanted to. Actually, I knew I wanted to because they've got a mutual friend and he speaks so highly of them. So I knew it was going to happen, but I didn't know what week I needed to put them in. But when I heard this podcast, I thought, oh, they get it. Making these wise choices is huge and it affects the whole um, gamut of people's lives. And so we're going to tap into that in a little bit. But I, in my chapter, so in this wise choices work, second chapter, the one we're in right now, there's this four-step process. And when I said my book was only, this chapter in my book was only four pages long, it's because really it was an opening and these four steps and a closing and that's it. I wanted us to keep it simple, and I wanted us to go straight to what God tells us about decision-making. So let's look at these. We're going to break them down real quick, and my time is almost up. And so we're going to be moving on to our guests here soon. So step number one, whenever you have a decision that's weighing heavy on your mind, when you feel nudges, like maybe there's something more and you don't know what it is, that's what happened to me. When you uh, you know, feel unworthy, but you have a hope and a dream, but you just don't think it's possible. These are the things I want you to think about. So number one, determine the purpose of the decision. So a new job opportunity might be before you. So what would be the purpose of switching the job? Is that purpose... Does it lead to something that you know will serve God or his people in a good way? Because if it does, you can pretty much think, okay, I'm probably on the right track. You know, is it in line? Is the core values that of the decision, um, the core values of, of um, the hope or the dream, are they in line with what God hopes and dreams and speaks of for you? The next one. Oh, and there's a Bible verse that I wrote down here that I wanted to talk to you guys about. So keeping your focus on what God wants for you, what's written and God asked for us is huge. But then is the will that you feel, you know, in line with this? And are you tapping into the power? The focus is on God and his people and serving them and all that. So the, the verse is, 
whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. So will this decision that you make, is the purpose of this decision going to be to the glory of God? If it is, I feel pretty good about it. Okay, so then the next one is determine the need for compromise. All right, so compromise isn't always bad. Sometimes this gets us off a little bit. Like starting up a new business, it takes a lot of compromising. My husband's been a saint. I don't even know. I don't, I'm pretty sure God put a call on my husband as much as he put one on me because he's been so compromising. Do I take advantage of him? No. Do I recognize and give him praises? Yes. But is it part of a fact? Sometimes our decisions are going to take some compromises, but we need to think about what that is and if it's worth it, if it's right, if it's it's something we should be doing. So what I want us to think about is when we compromise, are our compromises equally yoked? So if you're thinking about getting a new job, will this new job compromise things that you know are in your best interest. I We think of this equally yoked in terms of marriage, right? What a decision. This is one of the hugest decisions that people have to make. And we've been, we've been through that ourselves, many of us, or we see children um, that are going through this. Um, you know, we just need to get to the point where we understand that if we can partner with God, we can really, really... Um, know that we don't have to worry about. We can rest at ease that even when we make mistakes, even if we're not quite equipped yet, even if we're having mishaps, if it's equally yoked and if it's partnered with God and it makes sense that he's going to be there correcting our steps and helping us. Then the third thing is determine the potential results. Well, a lot of times the result doesn't actually match. So you might get a new job and the result is so much more money, right? I can't tell you how many people I've coached that have said, oh, you know, I, I'm so happy with my work. You know, it gives me good money. We can do these things and stuff, but they're still coming to me for help because they don't feel satisfied. So, you know, and then I have other people that come to me co- being coached because they're in their work, they're God-given work, but then they're not making a m- enough money to meet the needs of their family. So either of these, you know, we just have to consider what are the results and we can work on both of them. We can fix both of them and we can do that by really looking at the things and the nudges that God has for us and gifts and talents and all those things. But these big decisions, you know, we have to consider what are the results that we're going to get at the end of this, at the end of the dream, at the end of the job change, at the end of the marriage, things like that. We have to focus on the results and make sure that these are results that God has in store for us as well. Okay, the last one is determine the fear. So why is that there? Well, I have seen and I have witnessed this uh, fear, this fear of two different things. When it's fear that I don't want you to give any, I don't know, I don't want you to let it reign in your life at all when it's fear that comes from Satan. I tell you, that's the kind of fear that holds you back and presses you down, makes you doubt, um, puts shame on your life for past mistakes. All this sort of fear, fear of stepping forward because you don't want to relive those things. We don't want that for you. But fear that comes along with, am I worthy enough to have this big thing? Am I worthy enough to have a marriage that is so successful? Am I, 
Am I able to have a job that makes good money and I love? That's fear and doubt that, you know, is, is sort of thinking that it's like God has the power. And so you are afraid to step into God and all his glory because you know that, you know what, where you don't have it, he will. And he just might nudge you to new places that will stretch you and you're not ready for it. I tell you, go ahead and fear that. Walk boldly in that. Let God challenge you. He's opening doors in me and to me, and I want him to do the same for you. And I know he is. I'm seeing it happen to you guys. I'm seeing your emails come back, and I'm so proud of you. And so that's what this whole fear of God is about, is all of his, everything I said before, omniscience, omnipotence, omnipresence, all this stuff. He is so great and he can take us to great places. We only have a few seconds left. So I want to challenge you guys to be thinking close on some things that are holding you back. And we're going to get you making some wise choices and moving forward. Come back to us after this break with Dan and Joanne Miller on Living Life Within the Sweet Spot. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com We give all we have to our work, pushing ourselves to be a success. We go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. Author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks, gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. Are you ready to tackle the rules of business? You may think you're doing everything by the book, following your own best practice beliefs, bringing in endless consultants, only to find that your business is not moving forward. That's where you need to stop and figure out where things are going wrong. Enter Business Rules with host Peter Feinstein. Peter and his guests will break it all down for you to help you and your business succeed. Listen Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. 
Hello, everyone. Yes, this is Nikki with Living Within the Suites. I am so happy that you're back with us because we have Dan and Joanne Miller here today. I'm going to give you a quick little bio, a little tidbit on these two, and then we're going to go ahead and start picking their brains. I know they have a lot that they can provide and, and give to us. So, Dan, he's an author of New York um, Times bestseller, 48 Days to the Work You Love. It's also for No More Dreaded Mondays. I love the title of that, Wisdom Meets Passion. Um, he's been a guest on CBS, The Early Show, NSNBC. Um, oh, my word, it goes on and on. But there's a couple things that I really want to highlight in this time, and I don't want to forget, is that's the 48-day podcast that I want you guys to start taking advantage of. It's a huge and awesome tool that I know is God partner coming from a wise man and and cares about your life purpose and the direction and life balance. So so I think that's good. And then also, his he's got an Eagles program, and I think both of those are really good good and going to add value to a lot of people who are interested. Joanne, I don't know. I kind of feel like she's the guru of all things home and relationship, but we're going to get to more too. She's got a book called Creating a Haven of Peace, as well as many others. I did not know this until I started nosing around on their website. So we've got to stop talking and get busy with these two. So here we go. I, I wonder, Dan, if you can start, share with us a little bit about your passion and the work you do so that these people listening can really know how it relates to the way of making wise choices. All right, sure. Yeah, my dad was a pastor. So I grew up in a home where we were taught that what we do here on earth really doesn't matter. Just don't mess up too badly, and then we'll get to heaven and everything will be okay. That was pretty hard for me to handle, even as a little kid, and started doing some research on that, started studying, and I've spent my life studying that. And so for the last 25 years now, I've had the privilege of working with people who are trying to figure out, how can I do work that matters? So my challenge in working with them is to help them understand how has God uniquely gifted you? Not only just what skills you have, but what are the desires of your heart, your passions? And then how can we focus those on Monday morning into work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable? I have seen people who just have transformed their lives, their attitude, their spirit, their demeanor, because of having something that matters, something that has a purpose. It's not just waiting until the hereafter. It's how to do something right now that matters. So that's what I do. And I love the process. Yeah, I am so glad people are listening to this and can get some insight from you because can you imagine a man who's made it his life to help other people find a a better place in life? And work is huge. Work takes up so many of our hours and it's so healthy and good for us to get that in a good place. It changes everything. Ah, I love that. Okay, so Joanne, share a little bit about yourself and why you might have some insight into making wise choices. Well, I've been uh, a lifetime career person as a mother and wife, supportive wife. I, I don't know when I actually made that decision. It just kind of came naturally to me. I know it doesn't to everybody, uh, to every woman, woman, but I felt like my career was in the home. Somebody had to set the foundation for everything else that came out of that house. Mm-hmm. And for us, it was our uh, the two of us and our three children and, um, we, and all of their friends, which often adopted us too. Mm-hmm. But I felt like having that 
proper foundation and having the, the, the haven of peace that I write about and talk about so often was essential to the success that either one of us did or that our children did in any other endeavor that, that we uh, tried to pursue. So I have really uh, worked hard on that. That became my career just as much as if I packed a briefcase every day and went to an office somewhere. My home was my career. My home was my office. Yeah, I love that you even brought up the fact that, you know, this is a decision that kind of came over you, you knew it, and that it's different for everyone. So you're helping me know which email to pick at the end. So also, also, Nikki, I, I should say that probably for Dan and me both, we wanted to not emulate homes that we came from. Yeah, uh, there wasn't the love and um, uh, joy. Joy, yeah, exactly. That we wanted in our own home. So we really worked hard on trying to create that haven of peace that we wanted. Uh, yeah. So much. we were growing up, and we wanted that for our children and for yeah, us. yeah. You guys make me think you're equally yoked. So, um, so anyways, you know, that's funny because we were we were about as unequal as you can imagine when we met. Our yes. worlds were so divergent. Uh-huh. I, came, I came from a very conservative, legalistic Amish Mennonite home. Joanne came from a totally unchurched background, didn't understand the spiritual world at all. And our lives were so different. And yet we came together. Yeah. We were going to forge our own path and hang on to each other. And it's been a wonderful ride. Okay. So you are leading me right to one thing that I did not want to forget to say with you two right here. What year are you guys in? Are you married? <laughs> uh, we met when I was 17 and Dan was, I had just graduated high school. I was starting my first day at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And, um, I met Dan on the steps going into the building uh, at Ohio State on my very first day when I was 17. By the time I, and he was uh, 18, right, Daniel? Yes. Right, I think. And 18. And then I got married, we got married when I was uh, just turned 19. And Dan had just turned, uh, or was 20. And we uh, just celebrated in March our 50th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Okay, everyone listening is hoping that we can get there. And that's rare these days. But I do think what you said earlier has a lot to do with it. You know, you kind of came together and, uh, you know, together now you're so equally yoked. You have the same mission. You have the same dreams, vision. That's awesome. I love Love, love that. Same with my husband and I. We we did not have the same path. I thank God. I'm like, you knew the whole time that we were supposed to be together. I just happen chanced upon this. I don't I don't know. Thank you, Lord. But yeah, congratulations, you guys. Congratulations. All uh, right. One of, one of the yeah. things that people often, you know, they say, Well, you know, we've grown apart or she's not the person I married. My gosh, when I look back at that 17-year-old girl that got my attention. I mean, obviously she's not the same person now that she was then, thank goodness. But in the growing and changing, we decided to do that together mm-hmm. to have those things not be things that grew us apart. I mean, we've grown, we've learned, we've researched and studied and of course raised children together. But the changes should be things that deepen your relationship, not things that drive you apart. 
Yeah. Yeah. When you think, I don't know, maybe we should just go on this whole marriage thing, but when you think of choices that you've made, so, I mean, uh, you can jump in with work too, but I mean, really making these wise choices and that podcast you had done about making wise choices, what are some key things you want people to think on and remember when they close down from the show that they're going to, thousands, thousands of millions of people are going to listen. So I want them to like really get something that you think is essential when you're making a wise choice. I want to say something about what you talked about that very fir- in the very first part, and that was compromising. That is essential to having a happy home, a happy marriage, a happy workplace, whatever. We, I think a lot of what break, and I, I've written about this and talked about this a lot, I think of what breaks up most relationships is the fact that They want to be on the winning team. They want to be right all of the time. And one of the mottos we've always had in our home is practice being kind rather than right. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, sometimes it means compromising. If Dan and I are disagreeing, and I don't ever want people to think that we have just had this amazing marriage and we lived happily ever after and and we've never had problems. Oh my, I could tell you some stories. <laughs> but we've always had a goal and that's, that's essential. You talked about this too. What is your goal? Our goal was to have that happy home, that happy marriage so that when our kids were grown and, and leave the nest, that we still have something that we love that we enjoy being together, that we enjoy laughing together, and so on and so forth. Well, along the way, it means making compromises. Sometimes Dan really wants something or feels something or uh, wants to start a new business or whatever it might be. All right, maybe I don't necessarily agree. Let's talk about it. Let's don't just have a wall built between us of anger and frustration. Let's talk this through like, Real adults should, not fighting about it, but have good conversation about it, perhaps even have a mediator at times, which we have done through the, through the years uh, in the past, but make sure that we're both on a win- the winning sides. In other words, it should be a win-win for both of us, not a I win, you lose. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That is excellent. Yep. I agree with all that. How about you, Dan? What are you thinking? Just listening to your wife and then also other things that might just be popping up in your own mind. Well, in terms of the relationship, one of the things that we've always really kept at the forefront is respect. We see often when people become familiar with each other through years of living together, they lose the little respect and even rudeness, you know, can creep in. We still show respect for each other. It was please and thank you. I still mm-hmm. open the door for Joanne when we go out to get in the car or we stop at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I see couples who show up at restaurants and the guy just blazes in in front and lets the door slam in front of the, his wife's face. Like, you got to be kidding me. What? I mean, it tells you so much about their relationship. So there are things like that. Mm-hmm. In terms of just a, a walk of faith, we certainly have always done that, and it's taken us in some really exciting areas, but we believe very much that faith is an action. It's not just a head thought where you just sit immobilized. So I'm very much one to take action and figure out God's will as we're moving, not when we're sitting still. Mm-hmm. That's opened up the door to a lot of adventure. I like change. 
So we continue to change in a lot of things, the things, even places we've lived we've changed a lot. But in my work there, I like change. I build in the anticipation of change and the opportunities just keep showing up. But this is an ongoing process of growth, both personally and in business and relationships. Yeah. Okay. So I love what both of you guys are saying. Instantly, I kind of think of that whole ask, um, seek, knock. And, you know, when we're sitting there and we've got all these decisions in front of us and all these um, opportunities, you know, how do we know which ones are right? Or when we're fighting for what we think, and, and I say fighting with the best of interest, but what we think should be the next move, you know, do we go to, to God in prayer and do we ask him what he thinks is best? And it's no longer than about what I, Nikki or Jeff, my husband think. It's now about God. I'm taking it to him. What, he, what does he think about this decision? And then the asking, so that's the ask. And then the seek is like getting to the word. You know, the word tells us, you say, be respectful, be kind, you know, forgive all these things you guys are saying. That's what the word tells us. So seeking the word and wisdom that comes from from church, wise counsel, um, having the mediator there is a beautiful example, you know, all these things. And then what, Dan, you just said about action is the knock. And I think we miss this sometimes. Like, literally, why do you suppose knock is in there? We've already asked. We've already seeked because you have to physically do this to knock. And that's what I think is so important. And then what do you do after you knock? Like literally, if you're going to your neighbor's um, door and you knocked, it's because you need something. We can just text, right? You need something. As soon as you get done knocking, what's the first thing you do? You lean in and you listen because you want to see, is there footsteps? Is there somebody in there? And you listen. And I think that's so important because I think you said waiting to see what the will of God was, Dan. And I love Romans 12, too, where that we don't just go out. We we don't test God's will, the nudges, the open doors that come to us. We test our understanding. We listen because we need to understand if it's right. He's opening doors all the time. And, oh, I just, I love that you said action. You know, you have to take action. We can't just pray and sit and wait, right? We have to just step into it. Yes. Yeah. One, of the, one of the things, too, when, when Jesus would approach somebody, you know, when he, so there's a blind man sitting there. He didn't just walk over and touch the man and give him sight. He always asked, what do you want? Yeah. Until somebody's clear on what it is they want and can verbalize that. Jesus will remain in the background. He always yeah. asks the person to speak. What is it that you want? That's really good. Even yeah. It seems that it's obvious, but uh, sometimes we expect God to step into the unknown parts of our lives and just kind of, you know, direct everything. But, you know, we need to get clarity on what yeah. is it that we want and then start moving in that direction. How do you do that? Be- that's a big part of the 48 days, isn't it? It is. So yes. tell us a little about that. Well, if, if somebody is in a position where they hate their job, and I, and I hear that a lot, obviously, for these days from people, I hear that a lot. I've been at my job for 26 years. I've hated every day. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, you'd be kidding me. Why were you there on day two? That's me. But <laughs> it's not a matter of just waiting to see what happens. It's a matter of looking inward at what God has already told us. 85% of the process of having a confidence of proper direction in our career comes from looking inward. 
what are your unique skills and abilities? What are your personality tendencies? How do you relate to other people? What kind of environment you're most comfortable in? And then what are your values, dreams, and passions? Clarifying those, that's 85% of the process. And those are things anybody can do in a very short period of time, just get clarity on what God has already told us. Then 15% is the application. Now, what would that look like in terms of work that blends those, embraces those, and brings them all together? That's the easy part. But so many people are just stuck in not really knowing. I mean, people who are miserable in their work, for the most part, don't know. They can't describe what an ideal situation would be. They just know they hate where they are. Mm-hmm. That's, there, there's no positive movement in that at all. You're stuck. No. no. clear on what it is you're moving to. That's not superseding God's will at all. It's mm-hmm. taking what he's already told us, what we already should know, all the benchmarks. That's why I like working with people in their 40s and 50s, because we have so much from which to draw. And looking at that, we can start to see the patterns that have developed and get absolute clarity about the next season of life. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that. Uh, the, many of the people that I coach on finding your sweet spot, which is sort of the same thing like purpose and stuff, but um, they are 40s or 50s. And you're right, because we sometimes think we're too old to start something new. Mm-hmm. Oh, my word, we have so much life to, to enjoy and live yet. And, and, and something else you said that I think was so essential was something like, it just triggered me to think, it's not even just the people who hate their job and know they need something else. It breaks my heart when I meet someone who's just going through the days. It's like they, they don't even know that they don't know there's something better. Yeah. And we're just kind of clocking in and clocking out and it's fatiguing and it, Oh, there's so much energy in life and being in your sweet spot and in this place that God, you know, has handcrafted you. And those 40 years, what if you had gifts and talents? Like I think, geez, God, if you wanted me right here, right now, why did you have me doing that other job for 20 some years? I was a director of nursing. Think of the skills. Like now I have to speak publicly. I've been doing that for 20 years. Little did I know that he was handcrafting and and helping me master skill that I was going to need here. It doesn't disregard what where we're at before. It could be that we use it. Yeah. yeah. Most of my work is done with professionals. So I see doctors and attorneys and engineers, accountants and pastors, people who feel trapped by virtue of their academic and work experience, but they're not. We, we make dramatic changes for those people to do entirely different things. However, it doesn't negate the value of what they did. That was part of the preparation. Always. So if somebody spent years as a physician, it's part of the preparation for the next season of their life, even if, or if somebody who's a pastor, I mean, that's kind of a tricky one, but I've helped a lot of pastors change so that they will never again have to stand behind a pulpit on Sunday morning. That doesn't reduce or diminish their call to ministry. Yeah. Place in many, many other ways. So we validate what we've come through as part of the preparation. I mean, some of the most challenging situations in our lives, Joanne and mine, were things that we see in retrospect prepared us to do the work that we do today. Without those experiences, we would not have known the essential things that we know today to help people in the way that we do. Yeah, that's really, really good. Joanne, I can see you like get like, (laughs) did you have something you wanted to say? 
No, uh, well, one of the things that uh, was just kind of alluded to in what Dan was talking about is one of the best things that we ever did for our marriage and for business and for all of our relationships uh, is to really understand our personality styles and uh, take uh, we're we're real. Um, promoters of the DISC profile, D-I-S-C profile, and Dan and I are total opposites of one another. But knowing your personality, knowing why somebody's acting the way they are or responding in the way they are has helped us tremendously in so many decisions yeah. so in our lives. Yeah, that there's a lot of wisdom to that. I'm glad you brought that up because we are down to about 30 seconds, but I might encourage people to get to your website. I noticed that, oh, I don't know what the name of your page is. They just have to thumb around on the tabs, but there's a page, I think it might be store, but there's all the books and then also the gifts, the disc test and those things that they can get on there and take. On my website, there's a gifts and talents and a working um, um, test as well. So yeah, get on, do those things. They're so insightful and there's so much to offer in those. And you guys, do not leave. When we come back from break, we're going to be getting into a couple emails. Just listening to these two talk, I know exactly which two emails to grab. We're going to go ahead and do those. And if somebody calls in, you'll get first priority. And stay with us and come back for Living Life Within the Sweet Spot. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com We give all we have to our work, pushing ourselves to be a success. We go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. Author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks, gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. Do you sometimes feel that you are powerless and control over your own life? We all face challenges in our lives that we can overcome. Just ask Chantel, the host of Chantel Inspires. She has overcome so many challenges in her life and has successfully emerged as the victor rather than the victim. Speaking from personal experience and also from the experiences of her guests, she is here to help you turn the downs into ups and be your best self. Tune in Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program. 
at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. Hello, everyone. Yes, this is Nikki Clago with Living Within the Sweet Spot, and I have guests Dan Miller and Joanne Miller here with us today, and we are getting into the question and answer part. I am just delighted because I know I have two emails I had to dig from that are perfect for these two. So the first one we're going to do is a Terry, and he says the words, I hate my work. <laughs> so, Dan, this is for you, but we'll keep going. So, it isn't physically hard, but I come home exhausted. I punch numbers. I don't know if he's an accountant or what, but anyway, I punch numbers. I'm not doing any good. I make good money. I want to do something that makes a difference in the world. So, I mean, instantly, his message about... Um, I said it earlier where you get energy when you're really working in your sweet spot, so to speak. But um, there's a Bible verse that talks about really living in God and how um, if we don't, our bones feel weary. Like literally, it talks about how our it's hard on our bones and our body to just be in this place that's not in sync with really what our calling is and our passion and God and all this. So tell me a little, when you hear those things, I'm thinking gifts and talents, I'm thinking all these things are going through my head, but we're just going to let you take the, take the reins here. So this person hates his job, he's physically, emotionally wore out, he wants to do good in the world. He really doesn't care about money. I mean, of course he does, but he's like, I make good money, but I still know there's something more. Yeah. Well, if he hates his job, it's time to create an exit plan. Yeah. Don't no wish. Don't about. be wishy about it. It's done. No, no. Just, just start the clock. Get out of there. There's no life is too short, and there's no reason. There's no justification. You know. And sometimes I hear from Christians, you know, well, it's just this my thorn in my side, you know, my cross to bear and all of that. Now, you know, there are seasons that we go through where we learn something, but to think that you're just going to stay there for the next 20 years, certainly that's not God's plan. So be confident of that, that it's time to move on. And when we do move on, you, know, you do that internal search to identify your skills and abilities, your personality tendencies, your values, dreams, and passions. That ought to give you clarity about what options are. Now, that's not going to mean just one thing. There ought to be 10 things that you could do that would be fulfilling. So then it's a matter of researching organizations, companies, interviewing, getting a sense of the corporate culture so that you really find a fit. And you can put yourself in the driver's seat to do that easily. But when we work, Money is never enough compensation for doing what we do. I work with people who make you know, $400,000 a year and hate their job. And I work with people who make $40,000 a year and hate their job. It's never the money. There has to be a sense of purpose and accomplishment. Really, there has to be, there have to be three things in, in order for somebody to feel like this is okay. Autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Autonomy, meaning that you're not just being micromanaged. You're not doing something that a robot could do. It's something that requires your unique skills, and you're given the freedom to prove yourself in doing that. Mastery, something you can do where you get better and better and better at doing that. And then purpose. It can't be just, I get a paycheck on Friday. It has to be, this is part of making the world a better place. This is part of, you know, helping people develop something. I mean, I think of my good friend, Dave Ramsey, with his organization. 
now with over 600 people working there. Every single one of those people are there because they are absolutely fanatical about the message of getting people out of the burden of debt. Purpose can carry us a long way, even if there's not as much money. One last thing, Nikki, in this, when people are in a job, they and I hear this, you know, I'm in a job, it pays well, but I hate it. I'm ready to go and make half as much money. Don't assume that. When you move into something that really blends how God has gifted you, you ought to anticipate an increase, not a decrease. Mm-hmm. People somehow just anticipate that if I leave this job that I hate, I'm going to get less. No, you cannot possibly be doing your best work if you're in a job that you hate. Mm-hmm. Move into something that you love. There's a natural flow of money in your direction. Yeah, yeah. Money has never been a real motivator for me. I got a kick out of years of our life. My husband knew exactly how much I made per hour and per two-week paycheck. I was salary for 20-some years. I I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. But I also have a heart to do a lot of work for God. And if I'm not making money, it's really hard to do all the work that he has in store for me. So, yeah, I really love that you you brought that up. so there's a couple things that are jumping out at me, you know, that you spoke of. And sometimes, at least the people that I'm working with that have made transitions in their life, it's often been their weak spot that became sort of their tool. I think of Carrie, similar to that. But, you know, I particularly one person I coached for months on anxiety and felt all these feelings like I could never do anything else. I can't even get another job. I mean, I'm just coaching them for anxiety. And... And they they really got to a good place. And then it could potentially turn into something that they do and help others through because they've walked through it. I mean, it's shocking the things that we think we're not equipped for that we really are and that we, we could be. We could be using and God could be wanting to use us in those same areas. Side jobs, people that don't want to just quit one job, you know, we're saying get out. If you hate your job, get out, you know, but could it be that they need to have side jobs, you know, until they um, can make the transition? You know, what's your thoughts on some of this? Because I think people are listening that are sitting there. I'm ready to leave. I need something new. Well, there's certainly a a big place for that. There are a lot of people who we have a program where we teach people how to use 10 to 15 hours a week and develop a side business. And a lot of times those side businesses develop into more income than a regular job. Obviously at that point, they've got some pretty interesting choices, but it's not a matter of just leaving. It's not a matter of either or sometimes it is both. And there are people who are really wired to be part of a team. They like that. It fits them well. So it's not a matter of if you get really good at this, you leave and do something on your own. Not at all. Just uh, we want people to be aware of the broad spectrum of opportunities out there: freelancing, consulting, yeah, virtual work. I mean, yep. being an entrepreneur, being an employee—all those are good and valid things. Mm-hmm. So it can be a combination of those. But just be confident that there are enough opportunities that are to embrace who you are, how you're wired in terms of your personality, how you're wired in terms of your uh, affinity for money. I mean, if money's not important, I mean, there's certainly worthwhile things to do. If money is important and God has gifted you in a skill of making money, then you, we have the, op, the, op, the obligation in terms of stewardship of that gift than to use that well, because you're right. We can't do the things that need to be done in the world without having funds to do them. 
And if mm-hmm. God has gifted you to make money, then make money. Yeah. Yesterday, we had a situation where somebody let us know about a lady who's leaving her home this morning uh, to go to a domestic violence shelter with her kids, but she doesn't have a car. And I immediately said, we can provide a car. You know, let's mm-hmm. get her a car and get her out of there. But mm-hmm. you can't do those things unless you have resources at your disposal. Yeah, very, very good. All right, we're going to move into, so I just want to speak to this person. So Terry is your name. So yeah, I don't know uh, if you're listening right now, if you're going to catch it on replay, but just know that um, both of us would love to help you in any way we can. But, um, you know, follow, you're not listening to a faith-based talk show if God isn't a part of your life. You would have tuned this out a long time ago and said, oof crazy stuff. So you're on here because you know that God's a part of your life. So listen to those nudges. Don't don't deny them. And there's something more waiting for you. And if there's ever a message of hope, that's what Dan, I and Joanne are all trying to encourage you to know that there is hope. You don't have to live in this place. And God really doesn't want you um, living your days like that. So so I, I'll, I'll be praying for you. All right. So the next question then I think is going to speak a little more now to Joanne, but hey, butt in all you want, either of you. But so it's anonymous. I don't have a name, but um, she's staying at home with her kids. She can't decide. Oh, okay. Sorry. She can't decide if she should stay at home with her children or if she should stay at her current job. And she basically, it's quite long, is sharing how, um, her husband and her thinking that she needs to stay home with the kids, but she's struggling leaving work to do that and doesn't say that there's issues. I wish I knew more if it's self-worth stuff. Like, you know, we kind of get our worth from work. And then if you go home, is that a, a job of value? Oh, it sure is. But yeah, we have this. I had this when I stayed home with my kids. Um so, so anyway, let's visit with this about this is a big decision, whether you ditch the job and you spend those years at home with your kids or not. And so since we don't know a lot of details, let's talk both ways. But Joanne, what are some of your thoughts on this matter? Well, raising kids is a season. And that's one thing I always bring up when I'm, uh, when I'm talking to somebody who's having this dilemma. It is a season. And it doesn't have to be, much like in a job search, it doesn't have to be either or. It can be a combination. Um, I think that if this person is feeling the nudge that perhaps that she should stay home, there's probably a good reason for that. And somebody, like I said before, somebody's got to be in the home uh, enough to be able to set a foundation and to do the things necessary to raise kids that are uh, compassionate and loving and and joyful and peacemaking and all of these things that the world needs right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Somebody's got to do that. Just leaving it up to teachers or babysitters, uh, nannies, that -hmm. just doesn't cut it. Mm-hmm. So somebody's got to do that. And sometimes these days it's it's the, the man or the husband. Sometimes it's the wife. But it can also be where it's um, kind of half and half, you know. Uh, it, there's uh, a lot of uh, people, women, working out of their homes, making great money, doing the things they want to do and enjoy. All right. Hey, that's where I'm going to jump in. Family. What? <laughs> that's that's where I'm going to jump in. We saw his hand go up. Okay, jump in one sec. That sounds go good. Go back. Hey, you, I mean, you've talked about, I know we've got just a couple minutes left, but uh, you've talked about 
the idea of nurturing, taking care of the children. But the thing is, it doesn't have to be an either or situation. Right. I would suspect that in this situation, she's concerned about the loss of income. Usually that is a factor. Yeah, I'd love to stay home with the kids, but we need the family income. That's where, thank goodness, in today's environment, you don't have to choose. There are thousands of things you can do using 10 to 15 hours a week that I guarantee could duplicate the current salary this lady's getting that you can do from home. We have so many stories about that. People like our friend Crystal Payne, uh, Money Saving Mom, she has a book about what uh, Money Making Mom the things yeah. that we have a resource, 48 lower no cost business ideas that leads to a whole lot of other ideas. Mm-hmm. We've seen people thrive who have struggled with that, made the decision to go home and then ended up making more money anyway. And a lot of times, including the kids, it's a, it can be a wonderful experience. Yeah, very good. Very good. You guys, I just hate this. I want to continue on. But this gal, I know you've got some good input here. There's one thing that I know will never happen. You won't look back. And you won't ever doubt or think bad upon investing in those children in your marriage. You might look back and think, oh, I shouldn't have worked so much. But you're never going to regret adding value and changing the lives of your children and spouse, male or female. So we just have a few minutes here. You guys share, like and share this. Get this out to everyone. I know that this is going to be watched millions of times in replay. And I am so happy. Get to these guys' pages. Dan and Joanne Miller, the links are right there next to you. And thank you, both of you, for coming onto the show and being with us on Living Life Within the Sweet Spot. Hey, our pleasure. We love to talk about these issues. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much, Nikki. Yep. See ya. Thank you for tuning into Living Within the Sweet Spot. Please join your host, Nikki Klegel, next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until our next program, invite abundance into your life and live a happier, fuller, and more successful life than ever before.